you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right, there we are. Now we're live. How you doing this there morning, Abigail? You good? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm so good. So, where I so you know what, Abigail? I forget to ask where you actually live. I mean, we're always on Zoom together, so I don't really know where's your city. Are you? Are you? Yeah, in? Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, so you're in Ohio? I didn't. You know, that's the first time we've talked all the time. I didn't know that because. Uh, that's where my dad was born in Ohio. Oh wow! And so, uh, uh, so yeah, that my my that my dad's side of the family is kind of from there. So I, I never even thought to ask you that. See, this is what's what is awesome about these uh, podcasts, <laughs> you know. And yeah. we we talk on a, we talk on a weekly basis, and I don't even know that. Shame on me. Right. But, right. I'm originally so, <laughs> from Philadelphia, though, so I gotta rep my city. I'm from Philly. Uh, well. And the some great movies out of there. Rocky's my favorite movie, so you don't get a better uh, you don't get a better town. And when I go out to do these books that we're going to release, I'm going to go out there because I've never been there and I want to do that really bad. So nice. that's going to be something that I do. But before nice. we get started, so we gave us a minute to kind of get people to start logging in. And I see some people starting, so um, you guys will. So everybody knows. You always hear me call her coach, just so you guys know. So she's the one that's helping me uh, kind of direct my book and, and help me write this book that I'm doing and uh, helping me with how to formulate words and stuff like that. So for all purposes, you are the coach and uh, I am the student on that. So um, and we have a Facebook user, so I'm not really sure who's saying hi, but they're saying good afternoon, sister and Mark. So there's a Facebook user. But if you guys want to type in the comment on, on who that is, because I'm not seeing your name. I'm not sure why that's happening, but okay. So with no further ado, Abigail, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Oh, it's Carmen's on the phone. That's who that is. It's Carmen. Oh, my saying sister. Saying hi. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, so Carmen, I don't know if you watched her Facebook yesterday. You see her all slicked out, all fancy, just saying <laughs> she was looking Pretty sweet in her little outfits yesterday, walking and, and, and carrying on. It was fun. I was, enjoyed watching her yesterday. So, so uh, Abigail, so with no, no further ado, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of your cred and uh, uh, your credentials, and then uh, we'll go on from there. I got some great questions for you coming up. So with sure, no further ado, Abigail, take it away. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much, Mark, for this opportunity. Um, so my name is Abigail Cousins. I am a three-time published author, and we'll get into my books in our conversation. Um, but the titles of my book, my first one is titled My Unspoken Truth, Now Told, where I share my story 
of surviving sexual abuse and molestation starting at the age of seven. My second book that I've written is um, called Women in Pasture. It's a woman's devotional book. It's meant to help women reposture themselves to take back their rightful places as daughters of Christ. And my third book, my newest book that I just released a few months ago is called The Holy Spirit is Not in it. And that book is just to help open up the minds of the people of who the Holy Spirit is and let them know that he's not just a genie in a bottle. He's not a ghost in the wind. He's not something that comes into a church building on Sunday and leaves when we say amen. Um, so that is what my books entail. I'm super excited about all of them. Um, I'm also the CEO of my own publishing company, where I am so excited now to help other people write and tell and publish their story. I wear so many hats. I'm, I'm also the new business owner of an online <laughs> dog store. I'm so excited about that. I'm going to be launching that in just a few more days. So all of you dog lovers, be on the lookout for the website. Um, and I wear so many other hats that I'm sure we'll get into as we discuss, um, have our discussion on the live. Yeah, it's going to be good. So we, so you're a super dog lover and that's, uh, that's something that I am for sure. And my girl is also my, my girlfriend is also the same. We love dogs anyway. It looks like you have a boxer, right? I think I asked your boxer name. Yes. Everybody names their boxers Rocky. So why don't you give everybody your dog's name? Yeah, so my dog's name is Apostle, and you guys can follow him on Instagram at Apostle <laughs> the Boxer. <laughs> That's so, you know, my daughter set up a uh, an Instagram for the dogs. The dogs get more play. I've never seen a yes. dislike comment in my <laughs> life, right? So, which proves to say that people love dogs way more than they love people. You know what I mean? And so I believe, that. I, believe uh, that. I, I posted a reel on his um, Instagram page and in like minutes, it got up to like 6,000 views and 500 likes. And I'm like, well, where y'all at on my videos? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just something right there. Danielle and Emilio are on there. I think they're in. Uh, I think these guys are in Colorado. Uh, oh, bless God! Hey, God. Uh, yeah, I think. I, yeah, they. I saw them go live this morning. They're get. They had a delay in their flight, so they went and worked out at the gym. So they're always getting after it. They're an awesome power couple too, man. So Absolutely. you're married, also. Is that correct? You have a husband. I am. I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have a husband and a dog. <clears throat> we were just yes. talking about that a little bit. Um, before we got on air and I said, sometimes that's a blessing not to have the children. So, <laughs> now I do have beautiful stepchildren. I can't discount them. Oh, um, oh, I love my love bugs. Yeah. Yeah. I call yeah. them my love bugs, but I do have the stepchildren. They're amazing. But yes, I do not have any of my own. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, but my life wouldn't be, I was a single dad that raised all my children. I don't know if you know that about me, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we talk on a daily about, uh, on a weekly, I mean, about this book, and I'm not sure how much we dabble into me personally, but, um, so let's talk about first. So when I was first, Emilio is the one that introduced me, um, to you. Right. And I said, I'm needing some help. I have a lot of ideas. I'm very good at speaking in front of a groups of people, 
but mm-hmm. kind of translating all this uh, life experience onto 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 books was hard for me. It was a hard transition, and so uh, he's the one that suggested you to me, and then we met. And we just had a really good gel right out of the gate. And I was telling Emilio after the phone call, I said, I don't know what it is about her, why I have a uh, connection with her. And he goes, you know that she was like a corrections officer in the prisons. And I'm saying, <laughs> oh, I said, I said, that little thing was in the in the uh, in the prisons. And because, uh, you know, I come from that kind of a law enforcement background. And I was like, you've got to be kidding i said no wonder there was some kind of a gel there um already and so why don't you talk about that why don't you talk about those times and what you did and how you how you put were you you're in a men's facility is that right or were you in a female facility no i was in an all-male facility it's sure yeah (laughs) so i i first that career first started for me um in california um i was in a detention facility um in Mm. california and I've worked with ICE, Immigrations and Customs, and that was just amazing. Um, so did all of the holding and the detaining and, and all of that. And that was for a mixture of people because, of course, we had the border of Mexico right there. Um, so that dealt with a lot of everybody. Um, right. In Ohio, um, I did um, get into an all-male prison, which was amazing, amazing. I've never looked at inmates you know, I won't say as inmates, I just never called them by inmate, you know, you know, they call us CO or officer. And I never said, hey, inmate, it's always, hey, Mr. Johnson or Mr. Lee or Mr. Robert or Mr. Something. Uh, But the respect that I brought into the facility is one of the reasons why I was honored as an officer is, is the reason why I was respected as an officer. So and working in a prison meant a lot to me because my daddy was locked up. And so it gets real touchy for me because I always wanted to know, you know, why, why daddy can't call me? You know, why can't I call him? Why can't I just go see him? So it was personal for me to grow up and want to know what the prison system is like. And so that's what really drew me into the whole law enforcement um, career. And when I became the officer, when I became the CEO, I learned, you know, we shut down the phones, you know, at a certain hour. The inmates are locked, locked down for the night at a certain hour. Visitations is based on, you know, appointments, which wasn't being made for me. And I didn't know that as a kid. So all of those reasons as a little girl having my daddy locked up is really the reason why it drew me into the prison system. So is your dad still with you? Is your dad still here? He's he's out of prison, thank God. Uh-huh. And he's been out. Yeah, he's been out for a few years, um, a lot of years, actually. So, yes, so I'm definitely. That's good. That. That's that's good. So uh, is when you so in the in the prison, it's a different law enforcement inside the prison because it's kind of its own. It's its own animal anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the jail system is, you know, you, out in the street and we bring him to jail and then you're off to prison. That is a new system, but it was very interesting to hear. It doesn't surprise me at all after getting to know you for a while that, um, that you had a rapport and you were able to, um, you know, connect with these guys on a level that they would give you respect. And I guess that's something that, uh, that just goes to show that a little respect goes quite a long ways 
you know, uh, when you show it, um, I, you know, it, it can be, you know, right back at you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when you, when you show disrespect, of course, you know, people are going to feel the same way. They're going to feel disrespected and they're just not going to have it. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you had that. How long were you in there for? Um, I was How long at did the, you do uh, that Mel career Fritz for? And, well, I was in California doing detention facilities for about eight years or so. Um, and then when I came to Ohio, I was in an all-male prison for about a year before I went full-time entrepreneur. Uh, so you, so you were in there for a while then did, so was there an academy for you guys also to have to go through for oh, yeah, prison guards? Yeah, was always, it a shorty? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always an academy. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a lot of it. We had to do virtual instead of the hands-on stuff. Of course that was hands-on. Um, but a lot of the teaching was virtual because it was during the time of the pandemic and all of that was happening. So, but yeah, there was definitely still classes and the academy that you had to graduate from and put your right hand up and all of that at the end. So how did you, how did they, how'd your orals and all that stuff go when you had a dad that was in prison? Did that, what, what kind of questioning did you get and how'd you go through that? How'd you work through that? What questions that I have with my father being locked up? No. Yeah. Did they ask you any questions when, because I'm sure that had to get brought up when you're doing backgrounds and stuff, when you're getting ready to be an officer, did that get brought up at all? Yeah, when I had like my my one on ones um, with my lieutenants, um, they would just wanted to know since I was so tiny. The number one question everybody <laughs> wants to know is, "What are you doing here? <laughs> what you know? You should be working at Macy's somewhere. You should be, <laughs> you know, what are you doing here?" And um, I always find that to be so funny. And yeah. and I would tell them all, "This is personal for me. This is personal for me." And um, I gave them my story. And of course, you know, they gave me their story. Well, this is a, you know, wild house and this is this and this is that. And I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know, that really never bothered me when I know I'm a, you know, I'm a spiritual individual. So when I know the giant that I have living on the inside of me, another physical giant does not, you know, scare me. And so that was one of the things that, you know, they were concerned with is that, you know, you're 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 tiny. Um, and these guys are mighty. And, you know, I just had to let them know from the very beginning. But I stand on the shoulders of the mighty one. And so there's where the difference lies. And then from there, I had no problems. <laughs> yes. Well, you're, you're right about that. Being being uh, your background as far as being a Christian and stuff, we know that what's, what's behind us is is much mightier. Uh, than what's in front of us that's for sure so that's that's definitely yeah we definitely we definitely click on that on that for sure so let's go let's talk about your first book so we can get into that a little bit so what did it look like when you um decided to write about this and let's get into that uh you know into this this delicate subject of being um you know molested and and what that looks like let's let's talk yeah. about that and how and, yeah. and how you decided to write about it yeah so uh for those that don't know the book is titled my unspoken truth now told it is available online amazon and barnes and noble um and if you're in the cincinnati ohio it's in the barnes and noble in westchester super excited about that um but what had me want to really tell my story is 
my my spiritual mother put out um an assignment on social media and she said i want to challenge anyone who's who wants to become an author i challenge you guys to write a book in six months and i seen the challenge and so i called her and i was like i i, I think i want to do this and um she was like okay but you got four months i said what i have four months to write it so she said you have four months to write it let's get it published in six months and i was like oh wow so i immediately fear like immediately tried to take over me because i knew i had the story but i was still scared to tell the story and my family has never heard of it i've never talked about it with anybody i just went through it and um this was two years ago when i published it so i was like oh and it didn't take me long to write it because i knew everything that i wanted to tell and so I interviewed my siblings, you know, just to let them know, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is the story that I have. And of course, you know, we've all cried together. We cried separately. You know, we, we just all had to let it out. But when I say I cried writing the entire book, I cried writing the entire book um, because I told it all and I tried not to leave anything out because it was a release for me. Right. And so now I just, you know, I talk about it when I do. Um, sometimes I could get through the conversations with, without crying, but there's some lives I do. And I'm like, well, here's the tissue just in case. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you just, you just never know. Sometimes, you know, I tell the story and I cry because I'm like, dang, I went through that. I'm so much stronger now. And sometimes I'm crying because it's a trigger. And, and I'm starting to feel, you know, what I was feeling then. And so some things is just a, still a struggle for me. I'm still learning how to balance, you know, the triggers of it versus the strength that I gained from it and what that all mean to me. So, yeah, I, I totally relate to um, what you're talking about, where you kind of get emotional. Uh, you know, our session yesterday you know, it took me a little while to come down off that session, believe it or not, uh, that we spoke about. You know what I mean? Uh, so I get that. I didn't really expect that in uh, as as you write or as you as you as you do this kind of stuff. So, and then you chose a subject that's super, um, you know, as a kid, right? This is what we're talking about. You have, uh, you know, I would say that you, you know people. Once again, we'll have links to your books once we get all done, mm -hmm. you know, and so you had not told your family and then you decided to tell your family that, hey, by the way, this happened and I'm writing a book. And and uh, how was that? How was the family? Did they did they rally around you? Yeah, the support. Yeah, the support was definitely there. That's one thing about me and my siblings. We. We're tight. We have a close um, niche with one another. So the support was there. Again, you know, we've cried together. You know, they text me, you know, separately and share their feelings and emotions about it. But at the end of the day, I knew that I had their support and I was confident to then release it because I didn't feel like I was I would embarrass them or I would, you know, shame mm. them. They all knew what was in the book and they had my back. So if anyone else from you know, the family wanted to come back and say, you know, oh, she's one of nine siblings. How did how did you guys not know or if they had anything negative to say? Um, my family assured me that we know what's in the book. 
this is for you. This is not our story. This is not for us. You're not shaming us. This is for you. So we're going to stand by you. And they have, and they have. So I'm definitely grateful for that. I'm, I'm just grateful that no one felt like they were embarrassed or they were a target because that was not my intention when I wrote my story. Um, it was just writing it to get it out and to inform parents, hey, watch your children just a little bit more. Yeah. So, Abigail, so I want you, you have your book there with you, right? You have it there? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. this, so I tell everybody one thing about you that when we meet together, right, it's like you sit down and then you, uh, you read to me kind of some of the stuff that we've talked about and then put into words and then you read it back to me. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always, I, I've told everybody, I said, she is really good at this reading. You know, she, the, the way she puts it out to words and how she does it. Even coming through my words through you is it. So why don't you pick something in your book and give people kind of a, what, what's inside that book? You pick, pick, a, pick a, uh, uh, not a chapter, but a, a few mm -hmm. verses. And you go ahead and pick from your book and read it. Yeah, okay. I don't even have to look at it because I wrote it, but I can give you guys the introduction. And my book is written in a Good. poetic, my introduction is written in a poetic format. And so when I write other people's books, um, you know, and, and help to ghostwrite for others, I bring that poetry style into the writing as well to kind of help bring it alive. But the introduction to my book goes like this. That touch, right? there the way your fingers run through my body the way you penetrate slowly in and out in and out i scream but it just motivates you tears running down my face but you find it more fulfilling my body so tight i wasn't used to anything like this before but how could i i was only seven but that did not stop you eight nine ten here i am thinking when will this stop damaged i never fell in love with the idea of sex rather i got comfortable with that piece of darkness so i carried it year after year i did not love him it was just the energy in between my legs that brought on the chemistry but what do i have to offer nothing how old am i i'm losing count wait that's right i'm 11 now where is my father how much longer does he have in prison i know when he comes out he'll protect me from this mess of a life 12 13 then it happened i yelled daddy you're home before i could say another word my father looked at me and said i know so I stood there frozen. I did not know what to say or if I should say anything at all. So I waited. I waited some more. Then finally, my daddy spoke in a low, sweet voice. He said, I know you've been touched, but I promise you, I'm home now. No one, and I mean no one, will ever touch you like that again. I rested my head on my daddy's shoulders and cried. All I could say was, welcome home, daddy. Welcome home. 
Yeah, I remember this now. I remember you reading this to me when we first got together. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a dad myself, you know, and having a daughter. I remember that vividly, like what it must be, uh, you know, have, as a father. Because I would literally kill a fool on, for my daughter. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that was it. This is the stuff that, uh, I remember you reading that to me the first time we, we got together and then, uh, you know, you started putting this stuff, uh, together for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, and then you said that this is in Barnes and Noble, how, how, how did you, how does that come about? How does, how does it come about? I remember, um, this is Roy. This is one of my students, one of my students at my studio. He's listening today. Awesome. Um, how did you get that in Barnes and Noble? How did you get your book in there? Yeah, so my first book before I began publishing my own books, my first book um, was through another publishing agency, and so through them they were able to connect with Barnes and Noble and have that um, sent over to them. And but it's it's really simple for in for authors that want to see their books in in Barnes and Noble. Um, you'll just you just have to go up there, have a conversation with the manager. There is um, some type of contract that you would have to be in, you know, so that if the book sells, you get this price, this percentage and they get this percentage. Um, but it's very simple. You just got to go have that relationship with the managers, you know, have that conversation. It is super easy. But a lot of people don't don't know about it because one, they don't know where to start. Um, but the first thing to do is show up at a Barnes and Noble. Ask to speak to a manager, make an appointment if they're not available at the moment and just tell them what you have and pray that it gets on the show. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I, you know, and there's just not very, I don't know what it's like out where you guys are, but you know, books, bookstores in California are super scarce. I mean, where I live, there's one Barnes and Noble within a 50 mile radius one, you know what I mean? And I see more used bookstores than I do anything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's books, just... Books can be put anywhere. You know, Walmart sell books. Target sell books. You know, there's a lot of other places and avenues where people can literally go and speak to the managers and see, hey, what is the process to have this? Um, there was a time where I found Target. Target was um, selling my books online. You know, and I was like, whoa, awesome. So there's there's so many different opportunities, but we as authors got to go and we got to show our face. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely opportunities. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's good. That's why you're the coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I call Emilio too. I call him the coach. Even though I do, see, he, the difference with you is I won't choke you out. Him, I will. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, for sure. So on your, when you decided to, uh, to write this, when you got done, when you, when you were done with this book, did you feel like this book was just a story about yourself and your, what, what happened to you? Uh, did you have a vision to help other women with it? What was your vision with the book? Yeah. So the vision is definitely, to bring awareness to parents 
that's number one is always to bring awareness to parents and to help millennials because i've always heard even when i was a little girl i've always heard you know the older generations you know 50 60 70 sharing their story of surviving sexual abuse and molestation and i was like another kid can't wait till someone is 50 60 70 to hear it so us millennials if we're survivors of it we have to tell the story now we can't hold it till we're 50 60 and 70 to now share it so as a millennial as a 36 year old i said this is what i'm going to do with my story any platform that i can get on to talk about it i'm going to talk about it because other millennials need to see this millennial telling the story surviving it overcoming it and beginning to heal because what's happening is a lot of millennials that have been sexually abused and molested that's why they're running rapid nowadays you know because they they got this story that they've been covering you know and they're trying to protect but they're not realizing that the longer you protect it the more you hurt yourself and so that's why you're wild or that's why you're fast or that's why you're you know we give them all of these different titles but it comes down to an undercover hurt that they've never exposed to anyone. And so that's that's where I'm at with it now. Like, it's just time to bring out the exposure, like, because we all need to heal. And one thing that I tell parents is that when I'm bringing this awareness to them, because it really bothers me when parents call their 12 or 13 year old little girl fast. It bothers me. Oh, she just fast. She's just out here with any of these little fast boys. No, a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old, it did not just wake up one morning fast. She didn't just wake up one morning with these feelings. These feelings, these sexual feelings was aroused in a, in a time that she did not ask for it. So where did this come from? Because a, a female does not just become fast. And I try to teach and I tell parents, it's not that little boy she wants. It's the feeling that she had been exposed to that she wants again, because it's the feeling that's eating her up inside. So it's the feeling that she wants to experience, not really that little boy. It has nothing to do with that boy, but it has everything to do with the feeling. Where did the feeling come from? And that's mm. the conversation that parents are not having nowadays. Where did those feelings come from? But we don't want to talk about that. We just want to brush that under the rug. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's just, uh, yeah, that's some powerful stuff right there. So, so when have you gone where you've taken your book and you've spoken on this with your book there? Have you got to go, whether it's in churches or elsewhere, have you had speaking engagements and then had your book there on at the same time? Yeah, I've spoken. Um, I've taken many platforms like this one, um, just based off of me showing up on social media, me showing up, just talking about it. It grabs the attention of other people like yourself with broadcasts and, you know, TV shows and different things like that. And they want me to come on and they want me to talk about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I do, I take every opportunity that I have to talk about it. So uh, right after I wrote the first one, I was um, given 
the, the downpour for the second one. So I was like, oh, man, this is happening so fast. And then the third one was right after the second one. So now that I have all three out and published, I really just want to focus now on, okay, who is the audience for the first one? Who's the audience for the second book? Who's the audience for the third book? Now I need to go and reach my audience. So that is what um, I'm currently doing now. So you speak a lot about about young girls in this in your in as this has gone on. Have you had anybody come up to you as a male and say this has happened to me? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Let me tell you, this is why you never know what people are really going through. Because when I came out with this, my friends, my friends that I went to elementary school, middle school with, graduated high school with, went to college with, they were on my inbox. I mean, they were on my inbox. They were like, we had no idea. It was, we could never tell. Then they would end it with me too. And that would just break my heart. And I would type back, Mm. what do you mean? me too you know and they will let me know me too i went through this but i'm only telling you in confidence don't 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 bring it up don't mention it i'll never put it in a book and that was so disturbing to me because i'm like this is why i'm this is exactly why i wrote and told my story because there are so many people that went through this that's not willing you know you don't have to write a book but at least go get counseling you don't have to write a book, but at least go get therapy. But yes, so many people flooding my inbox, male and female, letting me know that they experienced the same thing. And I would have never known. But it broke my heart when they all, all said, but I would never tell my story. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So it, it goes both ways from what your experience is, right? So let's talk about the next the next book then. So you said the next book is what you wrote. I guess it's in, in session with what you just did. Is that correct? Yeah, so the second book is titled Women in Posture. Women in Posture. Um, as soon as I got done writing my first book, I was like, whoo. Okay, I need to take a minute, woosah, because I had just been crying. I just been trying to release myself. I've been seeing my therapist, my counselor. I was an emotional wreck. And right when I was at work one day, the Holy Spirit downloaded another title and another 13 chapters. And I was like, no way. I was like, no way. I just got done the first book. No way. And uh, when the Holy Spirit gave me women in posture, I was like, but why? You know, why? Why that title? Why these chapters? And just plain as day, you know, the Holy Spirit said, you have to now write this book, Women in Posture, because you have to posture yourself to talk about the first book. You writing it is not enough. You have to posture yourself first so that you can be ready when it's time to tell your story. So I was like, "Woo!" <clears throat> so really writing this one and learning how to posture myself really is what gave me the strength to talk about the first book. So it kind of just all aligned within itself. And this one really, really helped me become okay in telling my story 
and speaking about my story because I had aligned myself to my assignment. Mm. So <laughs> take a, uh, the first one is your story. The second one is more for the healing. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, the second one is for the alignment. Absolutely. So how long did it take for the second one to, to, to drop? Six months. Six months. And you were yeah, able that to. Seems, that seems to be my, my, you know, my, my time frame. I write for four months. I edit for that fifth month and I publish on that sixth month. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's take, take, let's take through that process real quick, right? So you say you're writing and then you're editing. So the editing does what? The editing is what you're going through. You reread, you read, you reread, you fix. Is that what you're doing at that point? Yeah. So the first portion of it is just writing. That's it. It's just writing, getting all of your thoughts out. I don't care what it sounds like. Don't worry about punctuation. A period goes here, a comma goes here. This word ain't right. This don't make sense. None of that matters. The first process of writing and wanting to publish is just speaking your words out. That's it. Not trying to put everything together. And so that's what I do because that's what I teach. Um, so I just write. And when I feel like I'm done writing, I'm done writing. Now I go back to the beginning and I'll make sure that the book is now in a book format and, I, and not a text format. Because we have to be careful not to publish a book how we actually send a text to a friend. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's kind of like what I go back you know, and, and do, you know, to make sure that it is written in a book format, you know, and not a textile. So I go back and I do that and I'm blown away. I'm blown away by what the Holy Spirit has downloaded into me to write. And, and I know it's the Holy Spirit because I go back into my own writings and I'd be like, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I know that was God. <laughs> you know, like I'm so proud of it. Um, so that That's funny. That I say the, I, I say the same thing after you read back to me what you're writing. I'm like, I get off and go, golly, she put my words uh, into a much better. You yeah, know, and it's uh, and it's your words. It's not anything that I you know add or anything that I assume. It's literally your words, and that's why I tell you when we meet, just talk, just talk to me, because I'm you know as the professional in writing, I'm going to hear what it is that I need to hear. And then I'm going to be able with my poetry style of writing and with all of my writing techniques, I'm going to find the style that fits you best. And so far, it's been a huge success with your book. I can't wait till we drop that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that is that is pretty much the process. First step, just write. Second step, go back and then try to rearrange now. Do you want this to be chapter one or should this be chapter one? You know, did you talk out of term here? Let's fix it. So this is your opportunity to not fix everything. And then you go back again and you read it all over right. again from the beginning and say, and make sure that it flows. And now you're worried about punctuations and now you're worried about grammar and now you're worried about all of these other things. And once you think you've gotten that done, you go back to the beginning of the book and you read. I've, I've, I've read my own book <laughs> at least 15 times. This is why I can share the introduction of my first book without having my first book. I, I've, I've, I've written it. I've edited it. I've formatted it. I've written it over. I proofread it. I read it over again. Um, 
So you just do so much reading um, that you just kind of pick up on your own, on your own little books that you don't need it in front of you to, you know, to speak on it. But, and once that last step is done and you're confident enough to publish, you upload that thing and let it bless yeah, others. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I'll tell you that Emilio and then the, you know, in, through that co-author network, because I had no idea about any of this, right? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to. I've just always felt that my experiences can resonate with other people, mm-hmm. just like yours did, right? You'll get DMs that say this or reliving some of the stuff that we did. I told you that when we talked about Carlos, how I spoke to his mom mm-hmm. and his sister, and they were crying to me on the phones, you know, because I had asked permission if I could, if yeah. I could actually use Carlos's name. And they were crying, saying, you know, people don't even talk about him anymore. Yeah. And I said, well, you know what I mean? I said, well, he's alive and well in my school. Trust me. You know, yeah. um, and so uh, it, those sessions are those are rough sometimes. You know, I, I have to kind of unwind from those after a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. But I also think you, you tell me that. I'm not the only one that has these stories. You're not the only one that has these stories. I mean, gosh, I wish I, I wish I could get a story back when my grandfather was alive about what he did. So, you know, once you go to the grave, so do all your stories. You know what I mean? Right. And if you do not, if you do not put stuff out there, then nobody else will know about you. Whether right. it's just whether it's just a legacy for your own family. Or, or, uh, and it's not, it's a process for sure. And there's Mm -hmm. expense involved, but it's not an impossible thing to be able to write. And if you can't write, it's not an impossible thing to find somebody to help you through that process. That's what I've learned in there. You know what I mean? And have you always had the ability to write? Is that something you did in school? Or did Um, you not really know that you had this ability? No, you know, when I was in third grade, I entered a poetry contest and actually won. And that poetry um, piece got published in a book. Um, and I've, I've had the book for so many years. But as I got older and started moving, the law, the book got lost in transit somewhere. So I started really young um, writing. I've always kept journals. Um, this book was birthed out of journals journals that I've written. And this is why I could have remembered everything because I was just following the events that I wrote down that happened. And that's why journaling is so necessary. Um, So that's really how all of that came about. And even when I was writing in school, you know, we got to write papers, even when I was in college um, and we had to, you know, do papers, 10 page papers, 15 page papers, my professors would always, you know, give me such encouraging words like you write really well, like you write really well. And so I was like, oh, thank you. I didn't I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't think I didn't know that it was a gift. I didn't know that it was a skill at the time. I just thought that I was a good writer. And that was it until I started writing my own books, until I, you know, started getting other people to ask me to help ghostwrite their books. Um, Before I came a part of the co-author network, 
And I was like, wait a minute. I have a talent. I have a skill. Like this is a skill and I'm going to now birth it. And so that's when I went full time into entrepreneurship and, and opened up my own publishing company because I'm like, this isn't just something that I have. This is a skill and a talent and a gift that I have. So, and I'm using it wisely. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a gift. There's no doubt about that. I, I've, uh, when, and so I, I think I want to talk about the ghostwriting thing, what that kind of entails. So, cause people hear about it Okay. and my perception of ghostwriting in the beginning was somebody just, you know, I give you some notes and you guys just kind of write the book. It is so mm-hmm. not that, that, um, I almost was shied away from it because I felt like, well, if somebody's writing it, how is it not me at that point, right? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I can that what how ghostwriting works for those that are on with us and don't really understand it. But well, how it works with you? It's not like I have a big. Uh, uh, I haven't used anybody else, and I probably at this point I never would. You know what I mean? So. I, when you sat down with me and you said, okay, we need to, um, uh, you need to just talk to me and let me know your stories. And while I'm talking, you're kind of writing and then you interject a little bit. And then, uh, on the next go around, you'd kind of take my story and my scenes or whatever, my acclimates or whatever I said, uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden you, I would hear that back. Right. And after mm-hmm. the first chapter, I was like, wow, this really isn't, uh, uh, this really isn't as bad as what, uh, I thought this was going to be. I, I just, I just had no idea. Yeah. And so in your business, you, you have this, you know, when I went with the co-author network, um, they're the ones that turned me on to you to help me with the writing part. And they're mm-hmm. the ones that are out there kind of pushing it for me. You know what I mean? They're pushing mm-hmm. the, my book and, and, and giving me that, that stage of, you know, when it launches, we all have this big launch party together. It's almost like a big old party that we're all launching these books together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and are you going to be there for that, by the way? Are you going to be I'm there at that? To, yeah, I'm going to try to fly down for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to make sure that you're there. Uh, I want to give you the, the due process. Of course, I'm going to be smashing bricks there. I haven't right. done that. <laughs> I, I was telling Emilio, I says, I oh, mean, I said, I went and bought a bunch because I haven't done it for so long. And competitive wise, I'm like, I wonder if this old dog can still do it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that was, yeah, I was smashing things the other day. It wasn't, it was something that I'll enjoy doing. So, uh, I just wanted to encourage people that when you, if you have this thought that you have these stories that you want to do that, it is something that is obtainable. It's not an unattainable mm-hmm. thing. And it's been a really good experience for me with that with you. So you have this. So you you have an as an author and then you've decided to take your author and, and use your talents to become your own uh, publishing, which means well, I want to make sure everybody understands what that means. That means if they go to you. Mm-hmm. they can have a book already written and you'll go through the editing process and get it prepared for print. Correct. Absolutely. And fix right. things. Right. Absolutely. And, 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 or 
if you need help, like myself, in writing it, you will take it from there and and do it, and then you'll end up being able to get it ready for publishing, mm-hmm. and yes. then that person is ready to to go. So there's there's two ways to to go about using your services. So that's exactly that's what a publishing co- company does. So mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that anybody that's listening understands that. And then the next thing is this little dog thing that you have going on that you've launched our little online store, right? And so yes. you said the other day, you're like, you're all excited about it. You go, you have one product. Well, what is the product <laughs> that you have? What's the one product so far that we have that we can get? That's funny. It's, I'm going to end up having maybe about 12 to 15 products to start off with. Um, but it was just one basic dog toy. Um, and so it's um, dog with us. That's the name of the business, like shop with us, dog with us. Um, and so it's going to be treats. It's going to be treats and accessories. Um, so it's just a, a toy right now. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to make it. I was so excited yesterday when it was like ready to go. Um, had yeah. a vendor behind me and everything. But I was like, no, let me let me calm down. Let me wait. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm working oh. with a few more vendors. Um and I want to have at least a good 15, I think that'll be good, 10 to 15 items to start off with so I can do, you know, my soft launch or a grand opening and, and start it that way. But I'm super excited about it. I love dogs. And and I'm currently, you know, people is like always saying, Abby, you are always doing something. And it's true. I am always doing something because to your point that either you're going to die with your dreams and your ideas or you're going to leave a legacy based on mm-hmm. those dreams and ideas. So it's important to me that when I die, I don't take all of these ideas and all of these gifts to the grave. You know, so I'm like, hey, I'm young, I'm still living. If I have an idea, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it to fruition. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I had the vision of the dog store, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's totally different than the business of publishing, but I think this is what it's going to help balance me because it's straight, you know, straight face business. But then there's this dog store that I can kind of like that's loose myself and just be, you know, real excited and happy about. So I'm excited. About so it's, it, it, well, it's great. So <laughs> I, I, I saw it yesterday. And I said, Oh, I can't wait. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to end up, you know, getting stuff on here because so I have a pit bull, right? I have a pit bull named Nezuko, and then I've got a American bulldog named Rousey. She's kind of, she's my 10 year old. And, and of course we got this little dog, we call her the little rat dog. She's a little, (laughs) but she's older lady, right? She's 16, 17 years old. And my, my pit bull is my puppy. She's a year. And then Rousey is, um, is uh, 10 years old, but you know, the pit bull man is a chewer. Now, uh, not that she chews them up my furniture, but I'm talking when she likes to, to chomp and they have this thing out called bully bully something so for three months i did it for three months and they send these toys that almost are indestructible for pit bulls to chew on and then treats inside there and everything else so i can totally see it going uh uh uh, something along these ways because first of all people love their dogs yes and second of all people love dogs i don't know what you know uh, it's just what it is. And I, I, I got in a little bit of hot water when I was on the co network and somebody was talking about their cats and I'm said, well, cats, not real. That's not a real animal. 
So that's, <laughs> that's it. And I'm like, oh, man, I got some feedback on that one. I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't a good one. But um, it's not cats are men's best friend. It's the dogs are men's best friend. Uh, but, you know, we laughed about it and stuff. But I think that once you have that, we'll put that also on my website so people can see that and continue launching because I'm looking forward to see what kind of reels you come up with with the boxer. Because he's right. Because he's going to be the salesman. You know that, right? He's going to be the one that's going to sell this stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, because everybody just loves dogs, and you don't see negative comments. So this is bringing us in. I can't believe we're almost an hour in. We got about ten minutes left, but I want to get to this next level of what we what you did, which is I called you up. Remember this? I said, "Hey, I put something out," and I said, "I don't even know how it became a reel because I didn't." I don't know how it became a reel. All I did is share a music. I like the background. Uh-huh. It was, uh, you know, uh, I'm in the business of making, you know, these. What? And I put an active shooter. I got a bunch of women doing a, a beginner active shooter that we did. And we're doing some drills. And these women were taking these, this guy out, right? And I got like, I don't, all of a sudden the reel releases. And I'm getting like notified up the yeah zoo i'm like what is going on man and all of a sudden i realized like oh my gosh this thing has gone viral right i'm like oh my gosh and and i'm watching and i called you up and i'm like how in the world do you deal with these negative haters man because i want to just take my (laughs) arm around their freaking neck and then they're all you know they have private instagrams and stuff like that so they don't even have enough balls to even you know (laughs) you know whatever right i'm like oh i said i don't know if i'm built for this my my personality does not do well for this (laughs) so let's talk about this influencer thing and how you took that on and how that came about and what that's all about and educate us a little bit yeah so um you know tiktok came out with these with these reels first so there's tiktok and then you know youtube came out with the youtube shorts and then instagram came out with instagram reels and facebook was like hey we have to do something too so facebook came out with facebook reels and it's not available to everyone everyone doesn't have the opportunity yet to um you know record and put up reels but if you do have the opportunity, um, you know, I encourage everyone to take advantage of it uh, because if you post enough and if it gets a lot of eyeballs, um, they invite you into the Reels bonus program. It's not something that you can apply for and sign up for. You just have to wait and hope that you get invited. But if you never use your uh, Reels, um, then you won't get invited to it. So I've been using it and then I got the invitation. The invitation is only for 30 days. So right now their rules and regulations changes almost every month because Facebook is still trying to figure it out. So right now to get invited for the next month, you have to end the month with 100,000 views. So I ended the month last month with about 112,000 views. So I got the invitation to come back again. And then I got the invitation. So I'm on my third going on fourth month with them. So every month, as long as I keep the minimum of 100,000 views, I'm able to 
do reels again for the following month and get paid for it. Um, and the best part about that is that, you know, you get paid per every thousand views that you get, but they also give you bonuses, which is another great way to earn just, you know, extra income. You know, they'll give you, uh, they'll say, hey, if you get 10 people to like, you know, a video, <clears throat> 500 times you know if you get 500 views and 10 videos we'll give you like an extra 100 bucks okay cool <laughs> you know, hey if you get 10 videos and they all got 200 views each we'll give you an extra 20 bucks okay that's 120 dollars right there um so there's four stages of earning money I, I can I can always with my eyes closed reach the first two. I can always get the extra twenty bucks. I can always get the extra hundred dollars. Now, when it comes to the extra thousand dollars, then that's like you need to have fifteen videos to get ten thousand views, and then to get like you know the three thousand dollar bonus, you need to have you know even more views. So, as a beginner as a content creator going on four months now i'm doing really good haven't reached the third bonus yet but um my my following is going up my views are going up and at this point i'm just having fun with it i think that's the most important part of it all with content creators once it becomes work then you're looking for content and mm. that's hard you know that's hard when you're looking for content so literally my every day my everyday life has now become my content. I'm a reader, I'm a writer. So anything that I read, I can read, I can, you know, read anything. And if I got a good nugget out of it, I'm now making it into my own. And now I'm making a video that's gonna encourage someone based on that nugget that I, you know, that I've written. And I tell authors, if you're an author with a book, you have massive content because every single last one of your pages in your own book is content and so um i help individuals create content and just you know tell them the back end work of how it just all works but i'm just having fun with it and that's why it's not hard for me to create content so let's so let's explain a couple of things right because i i thought i saw you explain it one time either on video or by a note now, if I see you and I hit like, do those, how do they know that we're viewing? Is it by your likes or they already know that you're viewing whether you hit like or you don't hit like? Yeah, so it's, it's not going to say it's complicated, but two ways you can get your views and your likes. So if I put it on my reels um, and then I put it on as a regular post, people tend to like the post. And I, and I had to teach people, I'm like, just don't like the post. Click the video so you can be inside of the reel and like the reel. So that's, that's where you get all of your likes and your views. Because here's the thing. you If I put a 30-second video up and someone clicks my video and after five seconds, because that's where we're at in America, no one has their attention span is five seconds. In five seconds, if they feel like I haven't drawn them in, they're going to leave and they're going to leave my reel. Well, I don't care. The fact that you clicked on it and stayed on it for a, a second or two counts. So that's why I tell people. Ah. Yeah, I'm like, all you need 
is the click. And then to go back to your point with the negativity and the negative comments from people, you know, at first when it started happening, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Um, you rude. But then after a while, <laughs> after a while, I was I was like, wait a minute. Thank you. You know, I, I had to get my mind together because I'm like, you clicked on my video. You watched my video. You left a comment. You did you did more good to me <laughs> than anything, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. You know, so that's kind of like where I'm at with it. It's not really about whether they understand my content or not. It's just the point that they took the time to watch it. And it bothered them so much that they gave me extra points by leaving a comment. <laughs> so I'm grateful. <laughs> okay. So that's, so that's good because I pretty much see them all the time. Okay. So yeah. I see them all the time and I'm always hitting kind of the like on them making sure that uh, you're getting that, getting what's due. Cause, and then you do quite a few in a day. I'm like, I don't know how yes. she freaking does all that, man. Yes, okay. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's just a lot of work uh, to do. Wait, and then wait, you, no. mm -hmm. go ahead. So then I saw you do something yesterday about promoting this podcast. Yes. You know, you, you, uh, you did that. I was like, man, this girl is, she, she is on it, man. 24 yeah. seven. So, yeah. Yeah, so what I what I tend to do is I before I go to bed, um, I'll have my content written out. So any encouraging words that I want to give to you know to to the content page uh, throughout the day, I have it already written on my phone. And so when the day comes, it's just easier for me to now record what I wrote down last night. And so and then if I get something just out of the blue and it motivates i'm motivated to share something then that's just extra content but as a content creator you have to have a strategy because remember we have to hit a hundred thousand views a hundred thousand views in a month so it needs to be a strategy to what what you're going to do to hit that mark so i have my strategy and it's working so uh, let me ask you this question because a lot of the times, I, I've never seen anybody really speak well of, of men, try to kind of build them up a little bit. Hey, this is for you men out there. Yeah. And because, you know, as men, especially alpha type men, you know what I mean? Warrior type men are mm -hmm. just so beaten all the yeah. time that, you know, they're just quiet. They're just doing this. What made you go after this this market that of speaking well of men and how is it received out there by yeah. men yeah you know i i had done a few videos um about women and my audience on tiktok um they were like the men on there was like hey you know we we support you we follow you what's up uh. you know, they said they said it jokingly but I took it like, wait a minute, they're right. They support me. You know, they like, they comment, they share. Wait a minute. So I started to do videos to uplift our men. And I've just seen that men was just really taking hold to it on TikTok. And, you know, um, because all the platforms are different. And then I was getting positive reviews about it on Facebook. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, it is so true that, you know, this world seems to just be centered about, you know, women and their feelings and their emotions. And you don't hear a lot 
about men and men are just supposed to be tough and men are not supposed to cry. Men are not supposed to worry. They're just supposed to go to work and be the provider. And it's like, that ain't right. That ain't right. But I, and I, and I started looking at the social media trends and looking for videos where men is being uplifted and I didn't find much. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to get myself into this realm because it's also necessary. And so um, all of the wonderful feedback that I was getting from men, like just saying thank you, was just warming my heart. Like, wow. So yeah, so that's why, that's what really got me into giving our men, you know, the accolades that is due to them as well. Yeah, I, I tell you, I appreciate it because it's just not, men are pretty simple beings. I don't, you know, we're not yeah. super complicated. And, and we're the kind of, we're the kind of guys that a little respect to us and appreciation is almost stronger than love. I can tell you that for a fact. Wow. And when you get that, it's such a refreshing thing because we just, you know, it's the, it's the, right now it's the, you go girl, you know, yeah. you can do anything, yeah, yeah. you know, almost to the point that we're not even like a necessity at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's lost. It's lost in the young men of today, mm -hmm. you know, uh, men of, of military and that type of, uh, male is just so like ground in, mm -hmm. but to be honest with you, most men are that way. They, they naturally want to provide, they naturally want to do this. And to have somebody just say, Hey, thank you guys for what you do. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that father's day is the, one of the lowest things on the planet is father's day, mother's day. There's not a corner that you can't see flowers or anything else. Uh, father's day is usually what, Oh, what do you, what are you cooking on father's day, dad? What do you, it's not a day that we're celebrated. It's a day that we might be able to see our kids, but we're going to be cooking and, and that kind yeah. of thing. It's not like we're getting served breakfast in bed and the whole thing like mom. It's nothing like that. Not even close. Yeah. And so we just, I'm, I know that I speak for a lot of men when I say, when a, when a female comes out and says, thank you for what you do, it is definitely well received. I would Definitely keep that niche because it's something that men need and and uh, and men will share it. Men will share that trust on that. OK. And so uh, uh, that's just a, a good thing. And when I catch them, I do the same thing. So that was awesome to see. Now, you said something like you have to be invited on these reels. How is mm -hmm. it that I made this real? How? Because that's what ended up happening. And it says you're real. Are you ready to produce your reel? And I'm like. I don't even know what that means, but okay. okay. And I hit go. How did that come about for Cause you said it's, not everybody can make them. Yeah. Not everyone can. It's, it's still on beta mode actually for, um, for Facebook and Instagram. It's still on test mode. So they've enabled it for some accounts, but not all accounts. So if it's, if it's you, if you have, the opportunity to make reels, I highly suggest you do so. Um, <laughs> you, you, just, you don't know, like, you know, like you said, you made one and then it, it just took off. And with you having your own studio, you having your own school of martial arts, you don't even have to think about content. 
your studio, your school is your content. You know, whether you're recording or someone else recording you and a student, whether someone is recording you having a, a sincere, deep conversation with a student, you know, him in, in, in his uniform, you know, and you in your uniform. That's amazing content. Um, so people think, you know, I'm not going to use my reels option because I don't got time. I don't got time to make content. You are the content. <laughs> you are the content. And, you know, your profession is the content. You know, you posting a video of just your wall, your wall of belts, you know, and then you saying at the end, you know, looking at your belts and saying this has come, you know, through so many years of hard work. If you're interested in ever wearing one of one of these belts, contact me today. It's a real and you just put your business out there. So it's, you have to look at it as I don't have time for this because you do anything you do like this video right here. I'm going to, I'm going to screen share this and I'm going to make this into a real later. <laughs> so literally, so literally everything you do, everything you do, whether you're cooking, um, it doesn't matter whether you're working out, it's all content. Mm. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's so true. See, this is why you're the coach, Abigail. That's why you're the coach. <laughs> that's not even what you see when you, when you see me, that's what I'll be calling you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, cause I was, I put up something the other day, a coach, it's a coach is a little different than a teacher, right? A teacher kind of teaches you this stuff. A coach tells you, what you need to hear when you don't want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. And they encourage you to move forward even though you don't want to. See, that's mm -hmm. the that's the beauty of coaching, right? And either mm -hmm. you're going to listen to the coach or you don't listen to the coach. I think we've had that conversation before about, you know, we when we want to get better at golf, we hire a coach. When we want to get better at running, we hire a coach. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. nobody ever taught us how to be financially for, mm -hmm. We didn't and, and encourage us to get a financial coach when we were young. Right. Wish I wish when I was younger we did that. But mm -hmm. um, this has been see once again see the lessons learned just here just listening to you about the reel and I guess I'm special because I'm I'm able to do a reel. I guess that I don't know why, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't realize that. I just thought everybody could do it because mm -hmm. I do have some awesome. I have some downs. We have an awesome Down syndrome boy in Georgia. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, when I put out a video of his, I mean, it is awesome to watch. I got one of me and him talking. And then I got one of him actually doing self-defense and to oh. see somebody with Down syndrome just like, and you know, they're the most loving people on the planet. Yeah. Okay. They are there. I can't be around that kid without joy. He just, yeah. it's just what he is. And he loves what he does. And so he's doing martial arts. He's always like, ah, Mr. Cox. And, you know, uh, not a care in the world. Don't care what people think or say. And just loves what he does. And so now that you said that, maybe I'll go, I'll go fish out an old video and see if I can't make one where somebody's not calling my girlfriend or myself some kind of a – I'm thinking <laughs> of myself. I'm, I'm online going, you know where to find me. Come on down. Come down and yeah. be the – I was – I was like, come down and be the gun holder. Let's see if it works or not. I encourage you to come down. I'm easily found. And, uh, but no one's taken me up on that part of it yet. So uh, that's funny. 
So, all right. Well, listen, man, we're at an hour 10. I could, I could stay uh-huh. on here with you any, any, uh, longer too. So, um, if, uh, I'm going to have you take the last, the last minute here and you put out your encouragement to people, how you want to see it or, um, Talk about your very last book. If you want to end with with something from your very last book, maybe that'd be the the uh, a good way to roll out. What do you think? Okay, sure, sure, sure. So thank you again for this opportunity, guys. If you're not following me yet, why not go ahead and follow <laughs> me on Facebook? Hit that follow button, and um, all three of my books is found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. If you're interested in a signed copy of my latest book which was the one that um, Mark just talked about. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Contact me directly. I have copies here. I can send you all a signed copy. Um, So what I do daily is I take one page a day, give a little snippet of what's in the book. And I think today we're on page like 70. So this is what I mean when I say your book is content. So even for today, Um, I'll say something to this extent, and I'll leave you all with this. This is coming from just page 70, random page. It says, when we are baptized by the Holy Ghost, we are to walk and talk differently. If no change has occurred within your character, you may want to talk with yourself. And so, (laughs) and, and that right there is a video and it's content, but it's also motivational, it's touching, and it's uplifting and it's getting everyone to examine self. And right. so that's what I leave with you all today. If you're looking for a platform that motivates, encourages, and maybe funny from time to time, check out my platform because it will definitely motivate you and encourage you. So awesome, Abigail. I had the best time, man, for these hour and 12 minutes. Yes. Even though I'm not in my studio, it was it, it, it looks like it's come off good. We had a little bit of glitch here and there. But just so everybody knows, guys, uh, you can find me at Real Talk. This will be up on audio also. This is the video portion. I will have the audio portion. When I have a, a minute or two today, I'll, I'll download it and edit it out and have it so it's ready to go for you guys um, on audio format. If you go to markcox.com, this will also be up. The audio portion will be there. This will be on, it's also on YouTube. I think I sent you a link for where to be on YouTube. So my YouTube channel is at Real Talk with Mark Cox, and you'll be able to find your video there too. It'll be done as soon as we're done. It's already on there. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for spending this hour with me, Abigail. I had the best time. Absolutely. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.